Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons, just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Brady. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> Hello there. Um, what's up? Not a lot. Just uh, ready to do this wonderful episode on how to... Well, not really how to, but good etiquette while at the table when <laughs> you play. To, how to not be a jerk. Yeah, how to not be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy during uh, whenever. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're shooting for with this one. Yeah. Uh, and we would like to preface this and say that um, it's kind of like the uh, the whole things you see before, like a behind the scenes uh, little thing where it's like the views and opinions expressed in this video are solely of the people that are saying them or whatever we just want to say that these are our (laughs) opinions and what we think and we're talking more about just like the core game Uh, we were talking about this earlier you know we can talk about homebrew rules and getting into all that but we're going to be talking mainly about you know the raw rules the rules is written and um kind of just the main gameplay but the etiquette surrounding that so just bear that in mind that's going to be Again, our opinions and how we see things and what we've seen uh, throughout our times playing. So uh, just bear that in mind. Yeah, I mean, even some of our opinions are kind of, kind of stretch the, the raw, the rules is written a little bit. But um, you know, like Brady said, just it's our opinion. What we think is kind of the do's and don'ts and the what's going to make you an enjoyable player and dungeon master to be around um and deal with <laughs> on mm-hmm. a uh on a sessionly basis so um anything else before we get started brady any, no any i mean not takes? really just um i mean just some of these may seem like well duh kind of things like that goes without saying but we just want to put these out here just to make thing make you aware of things and just remind you of things and you know put some little seeds up there in your in your noggin just to be aware of for if it is going to be your first session or, you know, this is like your 10th or 11th session. And maybe it's something that you never thought of that maybe just your group hasn't really brought up or talked about. So again, just some of these may seem pretty obvious, but just, just bear with us and, and roll with us. We just want to make sure we cover our bases. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a lot of these items are going to be things that are, appropriate for a session zero which is kind of your pre-start of the campaign whenever you get together with your fellow players or your dungeon master and you discuss you know how you know what kind of campaign are we going to play you know you take a look at everybody's character sheets and then you talk about you know what might be some house rules some table rules some expected behavior you know that sort of thing so i guess we can go ahead and jump right in on it yeah, get to it. Take it away. Take it All away, right. Patrick. Um, <laughs> take it away, man. All right, so first one is kind of like a, like Brady said, a duh, is be respectful. Um, and I think in this day and age, with all you millennials, um, it's it's kind of a, you gotta, you want to be respectful to people and respectful of people's feelings, respect, respectful of people's time that they've put into things, into, you know, whether it's Dungeon Master, what with the time he's put into learning the campaign, or even coming up with the whole campaign themselves mm-hmm. in their mind. And that can take so much work. Like, let me tell you, I've gotten into 
you know, creating a whole new world for my wife's campaign that she and I started. And gosh, the, you know, first session she asked me about like, you know, what's the kind of the political climate like in this world? And I was like, have you even thought about that? (laughs) So then I had to like, you know, and so you want to be respectful of the time that people have put into it. And that also goes for the dungeon master. Be respectful of your players who are putting aside time to come and play and be a part of this by giving it your effort, giving it Mm -hmm. your all um, to make a good campaign for them, you know? Yeah. And you, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, just, just be aware that everybody in some degree or another is putting time into it, whether it's getting their character sheets ready or getting their characters ready or the DM getting the whole world ready. And then again, as Patrick said, just everyone taking this time out of their day to dedicate this because that's the last thing you want is to show up and then either half the party or, you know, a couple of people just goof off the whole time and kind of waste time and you don't really get anywhere. I've had a couple of sessions like that and it's, it can be a real downer because you, you know, you might be thinking you're going to get to a certain thing and talk about, or, you know, get into some really good action, but people just kind of mess around and you're like just having to deal with like, all right guys, let's go. So yeah, just, just be respectful. I mean, that should go without saying, but it is, it is a big thing and that will go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, whenever I was playing all deployed, there were times that, you know, I myself accidentally slept past alarm clocks that were set on my days off to go play Dungeons and Dragons with everybody. But um, I can tell you being on the other end of it and being the one waiting for everybody to, you know, wake up and grab food or whatever. It's like, you know, plan ahead, be respectful, be there on time. Um, And that goes into another point saying be on time whether that means you're in person or you're usually, you know, using Roll20, um, playing over Skype, Zoom, that sort of thing. Um, be on time. You know, be early. You know, set aside time if you're, you know, or at least communicate if you're going to be a little bit late. You know, do your best to be on time. But, you know, you want to make sure that you don't just ghost everybody and then show up 15 minutes later whenever they've already started playing without you. And you're like, hey, guys, what's up? Sorry, I'm a little late. Huh? You know, got stuck in traffic. No, don't be that guy. Like, just communicate. Be be nice. You know, be on time. And if you can't do that, uh, maybe think about whether or not this is a commitment that you want to make. The time commitment to play. The time commitment to being Dungeon Master, if you can't be on time, you know, to your regular sessions, it gosh, it's already hard enough to try to get everybody together. Um, if you can't be on time, you know, maybe you need to be honest with yourself and say, uh, maybe I'll, you know, give this another try later. You know, still kind of learn about it, read about it, hear, listen, watch Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of thing. But as far as being engaged as a player, sometimes in life you just you're just too busy for it, you know. Yeah, and you bring up a good a good point. Like, it is a commitment because I mean, yeah. you are you're dedicating that time to meet together, and you're taking time out of your life as well as the other people. And like, you try to be regular, whether it's you know once a week or biweekly or once a month. It, it's it is a commitment, and you do 
have not necessarily homework, but I mean, you got to know what your character's doing and stuff. And, or if you're yeah. DM, you got to know what story beats you're looking for next or just keep up with stuff. So yeah, it, it is a commitment. So just, you know, be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, just got to show up every session, you know, got to be, be there, be ready to play. Um, just be ready to go. Give it your all. Do it to it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll uh, I'll talk about another one. Um, another do in the do column. Um, listen to your dungeon master whenever they're describing things like areas, rooms, items. Um, this prevents them from having to repeat themselves a bunch. And also, you may have something described to you that you you know you may miss it by not paying attention or you get kind of glued in on some other thing that's going on at the table somebody playing on their phone pizza just got here that sort of thing um which if, if pizza gets there just as the dm just pause it um just wait yeah, for the pizza everything to stops settle, all right <laughs> wait for the pizza dust to settle um so uh don't you know pay attention that way it's you know like we talked about it's respectful the dungeon master and also you may miss something that you really wish you had not, you know paid attention to you wish you had caught because you know we like like we talked about the dungeon master has put a whole lot of work into the descriptions they've come up with the items that they have decided to reveal in certain areas even the layouts of certain buildings and dungeons and you know wood woods and that sort of thing like they've come up with all this stuff like pay attention it goes back to the respect yeah and, and- yeah, and there's a difference between not paying attention and having to have the DM reiterate something as opposed to asking for clarification or could mm-hmm. you say that part again? And like, I, right. I didn't quite exactly catch it. Like, did you mean this? You know, just clarification is one thing, but just being like, uh, oh, what did you say? After Dungeon Master has spent like, you know, two or three minutes des- describing the situation or this this place. And it's like, <sighs> okay, well, and it's just, it becomes very cumbersome and it's, it's, it's not a good look. So just, yeah, just, just pay attention and, you know, just make sure you're, you're taking notes is a good thing. That's another do take notes. If you feel so inclined yeah. that really comes in help, uh, in handy later. Um, but this kind of leads into something else and not necessarily just with the DM, but just do pay attention regardless of whether it's your turn or not. Um, you know, this is just, again, shows respect to all your favorite fellow players and the DM. But it's also just good because you'll pick up on things. You're not going to be lagging behind and having to say, oh, well, what was it you did on your turn just now? Like 30 seconds before I just went, oh, and it just slows everything down. So that helps. And then something that helps with that is just put aside your technology that's not being used for the game. So whether it's turning off your cell phone or putting it on silent or vibrate or something uh, and just keep the phone time to a minimum, unless you're using your phone or tablet or computer or whatever for the game as in like beyond uh D beyond where it has your character sheets on there or if you're you've got the player's book or player's handbook on your phone or on your computer or laptop if you do have that up just try and keep it pared down to what you do need up don't be surfing you know the interwebs just you know well for whatever just pay attention have the things that you need up there and just kind of focus on the game yeah i think that um a lot of times I used to have the player's handbook pulled up on my iPad whenever I would play, but to 
make it a little bit easier to kind of shut off technology and put it aside and not get distracted by it. One thing I recommend is kind of pulling out the things that you need, whether it be the spells that you know, you know, pulling off, you know, copying and pasting those, you know, descriptions, or even just taking a picture of whether, you know, if you've got a hard copy player's handbook, if you've got take pictures of your spells that you use or have, or even the abilities for your character, that sort of thing. Take pictures of that stuff to have it on your phone. That way you're not flipping through the, all the pages um, and trying to remember where everything is off, you know, off the cuff. You want to kind of limit the all the digging. And that goes for Dungeon Masters too. You want to be prepared and, I guess, knowledgeable enough on the rules or have a quick reference guide of different rules that come up a lot. That way you're not having to, you know, flip through the Dungeon Master guide a lot while you're while you're doing it. Yeah, while you're nothing, in the middle of the game. Yeah, nothing kills the momentum when oh. you're like right in the big a big battle and you're like, and you know, oh, he casts this and that. Well, um, so wait, does that interfere with the others? Hang on just a second, just you know, like flipping around to it and like sometimes you do have to do that just to make sure a clarification, especially if it's like a big move or something that's going to be a really decisive yeah, move but like something super you're having, unexpected yeah yeah but if you're having to do that for every single time somebody casts something or this or that it it really slows it down so just having a good general understanding is can go a long way yeah definitely um let's see and kind of just riding on the same thing be prepared um and have all of your things with you and ready to go you know the things that you should have with you on every session if you're a player is your character sheet, which includes all the information about your character, any spells, your equipment, that sort of stuff. I would recommend having a notebook to take notes and your dice. You know, if, you're, if you've got virtual dice you've got on an iPad or something like that, so be it. You should probably grab yourself some cheapo you know, $1, $2 dice from the store. Um, those are the things that you need and need to have to be prepared, to be well prepared for a session. Um, and that way you're not having to say, oh, let me, can I borrow that D20 again? You know, you don't want to share one set of dice for the entire table. Trust me, before I bought everybody sets of dice in my most recent campaign, all we had was the random bag of dice that I brought, not even knowing if I was going to play Dungeons and Dragons. So we didn't have two complete sets of dice for everybody between us all. And that made everything a little bit slower. So go grab some dice. Be prepared. Yeah, sometimes you have to work with what you got, but the more prepared you are, the more smooth things are going to go. And it's just going to make for a more enjoyable session kind of all around. Yeah. And um, up, update your character sheet too between yes. sessions. Because things change, whether that be you bought new armor, you leveled up. That's a big change. Or, you know, you got new abilities, you got... Or you picked something important up in a dungeon, or... Yeah, random items. Like, update your sheet. Um, because I think I, I missed, like, getting to level 5 in my most recent campaign because I didn't keep my sheet updated. And so I was just like, why, why is my experience points lagging behind everybody else? That doesn't make any sense. I've been here for every session. So it turns out that I had just like misplaced my most recent character sheet and not updated it. So that just, you know, 
doesn't help me out. I didn't get to level five. So. Boom, boom, ba doom. Wah, wah, wah. Um, yeah. Do you want to so, do you want to talk about some of the do nots real quick? Kind of jump onto that and kind of yeah, jump back we'll, and forth a little bit. We'll do some jumping back and forth. Um, one thing that like I I can't stand is whenever players might roll an ability check before Dungeon Master asks for it. So rolling your D20, saying, okay, I'm going to stealth into the room, clickety-clack, you know, rolling your dice. It's like, no. If the Dungeon Master asks you for an ability check, that is when you roll. Mm-hmm. Don't, do not take it upon yourself to say, oh, well, you know, you just asked me for a perception check. I rolled a perception check for myself about 30 seconds ago and I did I got like a natural 20 so that's like great no don't be that guy roll the dice like just wait until it is your you know you are requested by the dungeon master to roll an ability score you know don't do it before you're asked it's you know it, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's like Simon it says you just gotta, yeah it's like Simon says you gotta wait until you're asked to do something and it's just, I mean, it's kids do this. They play. I mean, it's a game. It's a kid's game. Simon says, and kids can do that. So you can wait until your DM asks you to roll for a certain thing. Like it's not that hard. Simon didn't say (laughs) you're dead. (laughs) You're dead now. All right. Um, (laughs) yeah. And this say that your perception was bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's anything. (laughs) It it just never helps. Um, and this is one that kind of gets on, on my nerves a bit. I've had a couple of people do this in in different campaigns before, but as a player, don't dominate the adventure at the expense of your fellow players, just because you want to try and look cool or you want to do this or you want to do that. Like it's, that's not what it's about. Um, You know, certain characters may try to make it all about them, but the players should try to give everyone an opportunity for others to be in the spotlight. So, you know, that might be the characters, that player's character's trait as like, they're very brash and bold and outspoken and, hey, everyone look at me. I actually had a guy that played a paladin that played like that. And it was, I mean, it was okay. It was what his character wanted to do, but he was also that way in real life. And it transferred over to his character a lot. And it just, mm. it's not really that fun for anybody. Um, and a good DM will be sure to have some quests or some objectives or something that specifically focus on a, a single player uh, or a pair of characters, you know, possibly backstory related. And as a DM, that that is good because you're making sure to pass that spotlight around to everybody and you're trying not to let that one, you know, brash, bold person speak out either if it's their character or if it's just actually them. Um, so, you know, that's that's something to watch out for. And And there's a difference between moments that do just happen and it is focused on your character that's neither DM created or the person trying to do it themselves. Like some things like certain interactions just happen between the two characters or, you know, the the player and the DM or whatever, like sometimes it'll happen naturally and just let it happen. And then, you know, it's good, but try not to seek it out yourself and be all about yourself. Like it is a party and you have other people in your party, be aware of them and let everyone have fun. Don't just be so self-centered and just like me, me, me. I just want to have fun. Like everybody wants to have fun. So help each other out and, you know, let, let each other sort of build off each other and, you know, just have fun. Yeah. I mean, 
if you want to play Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, that's fine. And you can you can play that in a way that does not still then it, it all of it, and it goes right back to respect. Like you're respecting your other players and their you know their experience of the game. Like you know you can be like this like it's all about me and I'm gonna like act like I'm the hero at all times and like you know I'll save you miss and you know all that sort of stuff but like you can still do that and still give time you know still give screen time to the other players and that's what you should do it's just it's respectful yep um, yep and uh, another thing keep table talk to a minimum uh, that's definitely you you this is kind of like a, a do but a a do not of not keeping table talk to a minimum. <laughs> yes, um, and Patrick, would you explain what table talk is? It may sound self-explanatory, but would you explain? Yeah, that? so <laughs> table talk is talk at the table. So mm. if it's not your turn, if you're not the you know the player who is role playing with the dungeon master, you know, talking with a non-player character at a at a shop or at a, a bar or something like that, you don't be the people off to the side who are not involved currently in the situation who are talking about. Yeah, well, did you see what she was wearing today? Oh my gosh! Like that's <laughs> cut it out. Like, or even if you're talking about like the game, like you can do it little bits. Like, kind of keep it under control. Keep it like, you know, hey, like, do you want to go with me to the shop? Like after this or this other shop after? Yeah, come with me. Okay. And yeah, then that's cool. You, that's it. Like that's you've formulated a plan. There's no reason to have like a sidebar conversation about it. You know, like I said, do not steal the spotlight from your other players mm-hmm. let everybody have their time you know respect everyone else's journey yeah, yeah. and it's also known as ooc or out of character talk mm-hmm. so it's just anything that's person to person and not actual character to character just keep it at minimum just try to keep it on track it just helps there be less confusion and it's not as loud and you're like ah, trying to hear somebody else or the dm describe something while you're in the shop or whatever just Try and keep it to a minimum. Right. Because even though your character may not be in the shop, you may still find something that is happening during that interaction interesting, you know, from a player's perspective. And that gets us into the next section, actually, which is metagaming, which I we've mentioned a few times. Um, and you don't want to do too much. And by metagaming, what I mean is, and what is generally accepted is, when your character acts with knowledge that they would not normally have um, that you may, you as a player may have, but that the character either wouldn't have or wouldn't be making decisions based upon this information because they don't have it. The player does, the character does not. And it's, it's kind of a hard balance between, you know, kind of balancing that out between like, I know like what's around the corner. I know what's in the closet. Like, don't go in there, Jimmy. Um, but like Jimmy doesn't know that like there's something scary clown man in the yeah. closet. Like yeah, Scotty doesn't know either. <laughs> oh man. Like uh, <laughs> anyway, a good example of this would be let's say y'all are in a room and somebody decides to go through the doorway and down the hall and then into another room and they bump into you know, some sort of creature or something, you know, bad or whatever. And then the DM describes what happens to them and what's going on with them. Everybody else in that other room may not know what's going on unless he, unless that character that's in that situation somehow 
lets them know or like yells or make a noise or something and they hear it and they're like, oh, what's that? Well, maybe we should go check on it. You can't have them describe, oh, there's a, you know, three kobolds and a, I don't know, a lizard man in there. And you're like, oh, lizard men are my, one of my, uh, I'm strongest against them. So I run into the room with my one specific sword drawn and throw it over in the corner where he's standing. It's like, you don't know any of that. You just know what's right. in your room. So like, that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about. You only go off of what your character knows, not what you as the player knows. Mm, another thing, another bit of metagaming that I've encountered that gets like on my nerves more than anything is, so there's another, there's another book I think we've mentioned maybe once or twice called the monster manual. And so the monster manual is something that is a great tool for the dungeon master whenever they're coming up with enemies, monsters for your encounters, for dungeons, that sort of thing. You know, even big bad guys, that sort of thing. So as a player, there is not much reason at all for you to be referencing the monster manual in the middle of a game. And yes, preach. So, and so, like, I had a fellow player who, you know, was like, okay, we're fighting against trolls. Flip, 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 flip. Okay, trolls have an AC typically of this. Their HP should be this. They're weak to this, 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 this. It's like, how, how, does, your play, how does your character know that? Your character does not know that. There are some situations where, especially like for like a ranger class, where there's specific enemy types that the ranger is very knowledgeable about, you know, tracking them, fighting them, everything, even speaking their languages. And so as a dungeon master, you may be able, you may say, okay, you possess that specific knowledge or that, you know, very, in, you know, in touch knowledge about ogres. So you you know that they typically, you know, have these kind of resistances, that sort of thing. So you can it kind of gives an opportunity to peek behind the cover. But if you have no knowledge as a character of you know what what a gelatinous cube is resistant to, there's no reason that you need to look it up because it's just gonna like tempt you to metagame and ruin the experience of it. You're you're ruining the what is it? The immersion, the uh, suspension of disbelief. Yep. Um, you know, so don't do it. Just don't. If you're not a dungeon master, if you're not dungeon mastering on the side, just don't re don't read the monster manual during the middle of the game. Just don't. Like you can yeah, read it later that's... for some like, oh, those monsters are cool, like werewolves, yay! But in the middle of the game, just put it. In, don't even look at it. Yeah, just don't don't even worry about it because you'll you can usually figure out about what the AC and stuff is just by, you know, rule of elimination, you know, you'll roll and get certain things. So yeah, just don't right. worry about yeah. it. And, um, that actually, again, sort of rolls into a similar topic. And the, these two things kind of cam uh, uh, Patrick and I were talking about this, um, before we started recording and stuff. And it's sort of, uh, this fine line you have to walk. So you don't want to yeah. try and be what they call like a rules lawyer, um, and you know, unless you have a valid like question, concern or objection about a certain rule, but uh, along with that, you don't want to be the rules lawyer in the fact of you're always trying to bend the rules in your favor. Right. So like, yeah. there's a difference between not exactly calling out, but if you see a DM or, or as a DM, you see somebody or whatever 
use either a spell incorrectly or something not exactly right, there's a difference between pointing that out and saying, oh, I, I thought that the rules said like this. It's like, oh, yes, my mistake. You're correct. Right. As opposed to somebody like, oh, well, this this rule says in this certain situation that I can do this and this and that and like all this other stuff, using it to your advantage to bend the rules to get what you want. Like you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, personally, I think the most of the rules are pretty balanced. Um, what, you know, when it comes to specific versus general and that sort of thing. Um, and where you get into an issue is whenever people want to argue a point, you know, say like, well, yeah, I can do this. Rule number one says I can do this, but they know that rule number 60 says that in this situation that they're currently in, they can't, but they're not going to bring up rule 60. They're going to talk about rule one. I want to talk about rule one. Rule one says I can do it. That's, in my opinion, that's where you're kind of getting into the, you know, what everybody dubs the rules lawyer of like trying to manipulate, trying to bend the rules to their advantage. So they get what they want. You know, it's not a bad thing to know the rules and be able to say like, well, actually, when you're prone, you know, this happens to you or, you know, that sort of stuff. But don't, you know, don't manipulate the rules, you know, be knowledgeable. If you're going to use a certain effect, a certain ability, read up on it, you know, you read up on what it does, all the things that it does to enemies when you use it. That way, then you can say, I understand what is happening whenever I'm doing this ability, you know not just picking out bits and pieces so that way you can try to be the the overpowered oh my gosh I'm so great kind of thing. Yeah, it's just be knowledgeable but don't try to be that person that's trying to always get what you want. So and yeah. um do you, um, do you want to cover that next point that kind of goes along yeah, with this? Yeah, I was actually yeah, I was going to roll right into it. Yeah, it's it. kind of on the same note Brady talked about bringing up to the dungeon master in a certain situation that they may have, you know, you don't agree with the ruling they've made or their interpretation of a rule that they're implementing, that sort of thing. Or even just, you know, they say, this happens. And you say, that's not possible because of the rules because of or because of this. Like, that's one thing. Don't argue in most cases. There are some cases where if a dungeon master is just completely going off the rails and making it up, you might want to clarify, like, hey, are, are you com going completely off the rails and making this all up? And they might say, yeah, didn't I say that I was going off the rails and completely, completely making it up? And you can say, oh, okay, now I understand that you're going off the rails and you're completely making this up. Um, but in most situations, if something happens and whether a Dungeon Master is not read up on what the specific rule is or it's a kind of a unique situation that calls for some, I guess, kind of improvising on the Or discretion or something, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, discretion. Um, in that situation, uh, what we recommend as a dungeon master is to, you know, if you can quickly reference it, no, don't spend much time trying to find where it says, if you know, like, okay, chapter eight talks about running the game and, like, r the rules and that sort of thing. If you can't find it, just say, okay, in this situation, at this moment, I'm going to say that this happens. Result A. I'm going to say this happens. 
And then later on after this session, we will come back to it. I will look for rules. You all, please look for rules. And then we can decide, okay, the rules say that situation A was not the correct, you know, result A was not the correct way to handle it. Do we want to go with what the rules say from now on? Or is this something that we want to change for our specific campaign or even just for this instance? You know, do we want it to just stay this result or, you know, that sort of thing? And it's up, I, this is another instance where you want to communicate with your table. You want to communicate with your players and your dungeon master. It's a good, good relationship, good back and forth. And that's what makes, you know, makes it fun. And those are the situations where you can come up with completely new rules that are specific to your campaign that make the campaign, make your playthrough even more enjoyable. And you didn't really realize that, you know, okay, doing it this way is much more fun or that sort of thing. Um, and I, like I said, it's just a, a good way to handle it. And also as a dungeon master, tell your players you're going to handle it like that. And in your, like your session zero before you get started. So explain to them if there's some kind of dispute or discrepancy about rules that we're not, you know, I'm not sure something I need to figure out. This is how I'm going to handle it. You know, I'm going to make a ruling. We'll come back to it and then we'll decide as a table what we're going from forward with. Yeah, and that's a good point. And from a player's perspective, when the DM does make a final ruling, and I've had to do this a couple times as a DM, when a DM makes a ruling, like respect that DM's decision, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, at the end of the day, it's the DM's world and the way they're running it that may have been, you know, agreed upon with everybody else. But, you know, feel free, as Patrick was stating, after the session is over, then bring it up and talk about it. But just unless they are being completely crazy and pulling stuff out of nowhere. But if it's yeah. a situation that's started to be kind of debated in the middle of the game and it's taken away from the situation or just taking up time to say, okay, listen, guys, as a DM, I'm making this ruling. We can talk about it later, but this is what happens. Let's move forward. And it, it's just, you don't have to be mean or you know snooty about it or anything, but... As a player, respect that ruling and then move on and then discuss it later. Yeah. Um, like I said, one of the one of the do uh, one of the don'ts that we've got further down the list that kind of piggybacks off this, they all kind of piggyback, piggyback off each other. I'm just gonna say that a million times. Um, is don't play as a dungeon master and again, we talked about this, it's kind of these are our opinions. Don't be the them versus me or me versus them dungeon master. And what I mean by that is when you're playing, and one way I saw it described today whenever I was kind of perusing through the Dungeons and Dragons subreddits to try to find some good etiquette to mention during this episode was as a dungeon master, you create this picture and it's just a it's just like the outline. It's just like the the black and white, like in a coloring book. And the players, they color in the sections. And they make the picture, you know, Spider-Man might be green in this situation, you know, if you're, if you're coloring it like in a different way. And so, and that's okay, because as a dungeon master, you may 
have this world, this outline, but the players are going to color it how they want to. And it may lead to, you know, the dungeon master having to draw some other pictures that they weren't expecting to draw as you color in as the players. And so that is the cooperative experience that Dungeons and Dragons should be. It should not be a, I'm the dungeon master and I am going to try to destroy your players or your characters from day one. And that's my, that's my goal. My goal is to wipe you all out. That's a terrible way to play, in my opinion. Like it's just, and some. I mean, maybe if you kind of preface, you know, preface a campaign with your players and say, "Hey, anybody want to play a campaign like this?" If they all say, "Yeah, sure," let's you know give it a try and see what happens. Like, see if we can handle it. You know, yeah. just throw everything at us that you want. Want to play Dark Souls mode? Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Um, <laughs> and so, if you want to play like that, that's fine. But in a general kind of way, if you're just going for a normal Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition experience. Don't play that way. It's a cooperative yeah, experience. Yeah, it's it's a collaboration. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a collaboration. It's it is that working together to tell a story like the way I like to think about it is you know, the DM is the facilitator and the players are the ones that are reacting to that and uh, it's just a back and forth. That's all it is. It's it's collaboration. Right. Yeah, and just makes it so much better. It does. Respect, you know, um, comes back to respect. So do we want to end this on some good, you know, on some good notes, like some do's instead of ending on some do. Yeah. Notes, um, we could some, talk about the, uh, the do and the do not for like role playing, you know, if you're yeah. like, really into it, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, just role play in general, please do role play when appropriate and be in your character. If you feel so inclined, if you don't, that's fine. You know, we talked about in in the previous episode the the descriptive method over the you know the actual method of acting it out and stuff like that. Uh, but if you feel so inclined, do role play. I mean, that's what this is. One of the things this is all about is getting to you know be another character and do some other stuff like that. So just you know, get into it if you feel like it. Just completely put yourself into it and really really let loose and and have fun with your character. Yeah. And on the do not section of that is, you know, don't make fun of people whenever they role play. Like, let them do their thing however they want to do it. If they, if you are like super into the active role playing, like jumping on the table, don't do that. Um, but if you're like running around the room, like in your descriptions, and somebody else doesn't want to play like that, they just want to give the descriptive kind of role playing. Like I said, respect their journey. Respect how they want to do it. Respect how they want to play. Because that's a totally valid way to play. On the other hand, if you are like the <laughs> the meathead jock who like, you know, just doesn't want to play Dungeons and Dragons anyway, and somebody's like really, you know, getting theater kid on it and like super descriptive and having a great time getting into the role, you know, of their character, don't like don't be the guy and like who's like, ugh. Like you look, you're such a nerd. Like really getting into it, huh? Like you think you're this elf yeah, guy? Like, it's like okay, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe just go play a video game or something, man. Yeah, don't don't yuck somebody's yum. Like if that's how they want to enjoy this game, <laughs> yeah, do it. But don't don't make fun of them. I mean that's that's what this is about. It's about inclusion and everybody getting to come together and have fun. So yeah, um, and I guess one thing we don't have listed here, and I'll mention real quick. Uh, 
as as like a dungeon master and a player, and you may want to kind of feel out what you how you want to introduce this. Talk about the limits that your players kind of have, whether that be um, something you know. And like I said, we're we're a family oriented um, show, but in a lot of uh, campaign settings, you know, you want to talk to people about you know how far like do you want to go with violence? Um, do you want to talk about anything like? gender roles, whether it be even genders, um, whether it be sexual orientation, religious um, preferences, that sort of stuff. Talk to your players about what they're comfortable with, you know, what they are okay with you talking about, because you don't want to come up with some huge storyline for them. And on step one, they're like, uh, no, thanks. Uh, I don't want to talk about that because I, you know, whether they be know uncomfortable with religious things and you're trying to you know push it on them and they don't want to deal with it like i mean as a player it's okay for you to be uncomfortable and communicate that with your dungeon master and dungeon master like i said maybe try to put out some feelers for see what, what kind of players. rating you want to put on it is this yeah a, <laughs> be like, you know, is this a, a g a pg pg 13 r you yeah. know like you know what, what do you want to or what do you want to go wanna for push it to, to 13 where i get one f word Uh, (laughs) how is that like the deciding factor it's like i I don't know that's a whole nother podcast our movie is really good but if we could just have an f word please (laughs) all right that'll that'll be the that'll be the (laughs) push it over the edge it really will make the story if i can just say the f word once so (laughs) um but let's see yeah it all just comes back to respect you know just be respectful yeah. of your players. You know they're the actual people themselves, and what what they what they're comfortable with, yeah, and what they aren't think, comfortable with. I think uh, Brian W. Foster, one of the critical role people, he says, "Be excellent um, to each other." That's a great way to live life. Is just be excellent to everybody that you interact with, your players, your dungeon master, even in the game. If you're not playing like a total jerk, like be excellent to the people that you encounter in the game. You know, be nice. You'll get lots yeah, of you never goodies. You never know how far it'll go. And, and going along with that, this is a good, just good general do to, to pretty much end on, is just be helpful and be patient. With, with new players especially, but just in general, just be helpful and be patient. That's what we're all here for. Again, it's that collaboration. It's helping each other. It's having fun and doing stuff so yeah, that, I think that was the best way to put it, Patrick, is, as he said, just be excellent to one another and be helpful, be patient, be nice, be kind. And, you know, unless the situation in, in game calls to be, you know, maybe a little bit more gruff, but, you know, in general, uh, yeah. on the table to each other, the players, just be nice, be helpful, just be nice. Golden yeah. rule. If someone can't remember, you know, all their actions in combat, like, don't freak out. You may have to tell them a few few times. You may have to print out a piece of paper that tells them, like, these are all the things you can do on your action in combat. Like, you know, okay, like, here's your ability. I mean, even if you've got to walk through them for a second, you know, hey, everybody take five, or hey, the pizza just got here. You come over here and talk to me while they get the pizza settled. You know, talk to them about, like, hey, these are your abilities, you know. Yeah, just 
be helpful, especially as a dungeon master. That is your job. As a as a fellow yeah. player, you can definitely be helpful to your other players to make things, you know, help out your dungeon master and make things be smoother. But as a dungeon master, it is your job as the facilitator, as like Brady said. You're facilitating everything. The facilitator coming this fall. <laughs> this fall in a world <laughs> where things need facilitating. You are that man. <laughs> I think I think we're onto something. Because mm. I mean, they got like the transporter. It's basically the same thing. You're facilitating one person, you takes know, somebody from one place to another. The pa- the pacifier Vin Diesel. Yeah, where he where he's like the babysitter, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. The Rocketeer, the Saint, the Shadow, the Phantom. I can go on. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> But yeah, I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up. Patrick, do you have uh, anything else you want to add or any last last bits, last takeaways? No, no, I guess not. I, uh, I'm i sure there's some great thing to discuss that I'm not discussing. Um, well, it'll come up in another episode, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Way, so. uh, maybe obligatory, uh, we'll talk about long rest later. I'll, I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, which we honestly will. It's coming up. That's it's our little teaser cliffhanger thing. You never know when it'll pop up. It's, it's, it's coming soon. It's it's, it's it's the next episode. It is. Yeah, we're gonna talk about so, it. So yay, we'll cover that, yay. and then we won't <laughs> Finally, have to say. I know you guys have been waiting to hear about long. <laughs> and rest. Then nobody else it's... listens after the end of it. They're just like, oh, finally, we heard about long rest. That's all right. I've heard all I needed. <laughs> that's all I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all they wanted from vitamin D and D was what long rest was. <laughs> As you're long welcome. as they got what they wanted. Yep, you're welcome. Got your dose. But <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's pretty much going to be it for today's episode on... Oh, shoot, what did we just talk about? Uh, um, um, uh, t- like etiquette, etiquette. Etiquette, okay. Uh, Let me start over. Okay. Okay, here we go. But yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty much going to be it for today's episode on table etiquette and how to act around the table when you're playing. We hope that you've enjoyed it and found it informative. Uh, if you don't mind, consider reviewing us You know, on your preferred listening podcast platform. Uh, it would mean a lot and help us out a lot. And let us know if you have any questions or something that you'd like to hear in a future episode by emailing us at thevitamindndpodcast at gmail.com. That's thevitamind, the letter N, D, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or on any of our social media outlets. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. Uh, all of those you can just search for vitamin D and D podcast. Again, that's vitamin D, the letter N D podcast. Uh, any yes. of those you can search on those platforms and, and find those. us. Please come, just comment, just talk to me. Right? Yeah, please just say hey, something like yeah. we want to. We want to communicate. We would like to talk I, to everybody getting, and getting lots get of some, other D and D pages like liking and subscribing to our social yeah. media. But gosh, because remember, guys, it's a collaborative effort, even yes. in this respect. It would we would All greatly appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and oh, and we also have our uh, website. It's the vitamin D and D podcast Or if you just Google it, it'll pop up. So uh, don't forget to tell your friends and spread the word, and keep an eye and an ear out for our next episode where we will be talking about adventuring and the time between. And um, it'll be a good episode fill you in on everything after combat. But other than that, take it easy, and we'll see you after your long rest. <laughs>